Okay. No one has more influence in a child's life than his or her parents. Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I commanded thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou wakest, walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. There are four ways, the Bible says, that you can disciple your children in the course of an ordinary life. We have the morning time. We have the home time, when you're just hanging out. And you have the drive time and at bedtime. Now let me encourage you, if you have children, to always be looking for ways to disciple them and train them in the way of the Lord. And we're so thankful for these dear families that are here today and their little ones. And I think it's important to understand what dedication is. Dedication is not part of their salvation. It is not baptism. It is not a ritual or show. It's simply a time for them to dedicate their children to Jesus, to pray a blessing over their children, and, here's the important part, to ask the congregation to support the parents in the discipleship of their child by praying for them, by serving in roles in children's ministry and encouraging them along the way. How many remember the days when it seemed like every second of your day was swallowed up by, by one of the children? And you remember those days, and we are experiencing right now, my wife and I, we have four children. And oftentimes we have to just go to God and say, God, here's our schedule. You, you show us exactly what we need to do and what's most important. And I'm thankful for years ago, my wife and I decided we were going to make God and church a huge part of that. And I'm thankful for these parents who decided today that they want to make church, the things of God, discipling them and training and nurturing their children a huge part of what they do. So we have a presentation for them. It's a, a gift certificate that says the baby dedication, committing our children to the Lord. And on Sunday, May 8, 2022, this particular child lovingly and prayerfully, or this particular parent, lovingly and prayerfully dedicate their child to God and also dedicate themselves as parents to rear this child, rear this child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's signed by Pastor Mutchler and myself, and we have a little New Testament for him. So this time, could you grab maybe one of those microphones, and we'll just introduce uh, the children to you, so you know who they are, and you got that up there, we good? Okay, and so go ahead and just say the names, and maybe how old they are. So. Uh, this is my daughter, Adeline Grace, and she's 10 months. And who else do you have? And this is my son, Graham, he's three. He'll be dedicated again, huh? So, <laughs> there we go, all right. And your wife? Uh, I'm Philip, and this is my wife, Lonnie. Okay, great. <laughs> Cameron and Cindy, how old is our son, Carter? He's five months. Five months old, okay. And how old is she again? Ten months. Ten months. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, my name is Mauricio. This is my wife, Janelle. Uh, this is Bella, and she's seven weeks. We just had this discussion in the bathroom, actually. Uh, is it months? Is it weeks? Is it days? You, you probably know all that, huh? So, anyways, good job, Mauricio. Appreciate that. My name is Corey, and this is my wife, Bessie, and this is Matthew, and he's tw- uh, one year. One year. Very good. They did such a great job. Don't they look great? Let's give them all a hand. And uh, for them, we have a presentation for them and a little gift for them. And then we're going to have a time where we'll pray uh, for them. And I'm asking if you will, in your hearts and in your, in your minds, pray as well for them while we do this. And uh, we will look forward to that. Um, while they're doing that, can, if, you, if you are a family member of one of these, if you could just uh, maybe raise your hand. We want to recognize you if you're a family member of one of these. Oh, all over, all over. Praise the Lord. Let's give them a hand as well. And thank you for coming. And we appreciate that. Uh, what a blessing that is. And we sure are excited to have you here. Thank you for making the, the time to come and be a part of this special event. And at this time, we're going to uh, pray a special uh, prayer of blessing over these uh, dear uh, parents and children. I remember the first time 
when I stood up there in their place with our little guy, Brian, the overwhelming responsibility and pressure that was on me, I wanted nothing more than to train up my child in the way they should go. So when they were old, they didn't depart of it. And I know this is their heart. So let's seriously, in all seriousness, let's pray for them, and let's dedicate them to God. I've asked Brother Vestal to come up here and pray uh, for these families, and uh, then I'll close in prayer. And let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so overjoyed for these young people and the new additions to their home. Lord, it seems just like yesterday when my wife and I had the opportunity to do the same thing. We thank you for an environment, Lord, that you have placed here where we can be involved as a family. Each one of these family units, Lord, pointing their children to you. I pray your blessings on each parent here this morning. Would you please give them direction and wisdom from your word to guide the lives of their children. And Lord, in their children's heart, would you please keep it tender towards you. God, when you speak, may they listen and obey. May they follow the perfect plan and will that you have for their life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for loving us. And thank you so much for these dear couples. I, I remember, too, each child that we dedicated. And it's been our heartbeat, Lord, to keep that dedication Keep that decision and commitment close to our hearts. And I'm thankful for a wife who committed that with me. It takes two. It takes both of us doing our part. We so desperately want our children to love you and to put you first in their life. And we want the same for these dear couples. Lord, they have worked hard. They've labored. They want to provide for their kids. They've had many late nights, many early mornings. They've changed countless diapers they fed them. They've been patient with them. When, when the kids didn't want to eat, they still helped them eat. When they've been sick, they've been there for them. They have put so much time and effort in there. And I'll never forget those days uh, that we had in those early days. But I pray, it is my heart, that even more so, they will spend the time and effort to put you first in their lives and in their children's lives. And may these dear children grab a hold of this, be with their grandparents and cousins and relatives that are here today. May they also come along beside them and help them and keep them close to you. Lord, I pray that they'll offer the support they can. And we as a church will get behind them. And we will lovingly be a part of the Awanas and the nursery and the Puggles and the children's ministry, the Grandview kids. And, uh, and we'll, we'll give of our time, little bear, Lord, so that they can be raised up as well at church. But may at home, these dear parents uh, uh, find the time to invest in their children and put, them, put you first in their lives. Lord, I pray that you'll give them strength, You'll give them uh, the power they need, the character they need, the discipline they need to do exactly what they need to do. Guide them, lead them, be with these sweet, precious babies. And we give them to you today. We dedicate them to you. And we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Well, these children have done well. I think it's because the parents are so good at with them. Let's give them one last hand, okay? Thank you so much. You guys can go, so, all right. And uh, the nursery's available, so uh, praise the Lord for that. So, oh, that was wonderful. I praise God for uh, the babies and, and the parents and their dedication. Thank you so much for praying with me and uh, doing your part as well. Um, this is the future of our church, and I'm excited for a bright future. Uh, this time, we want to shift just a little bit. And talk about our mothers briefly in the service. And uh, in a culture where children are treated as inconvenient, uh, gender is seen as fluid, and God's design is rejected, it is important for us uh, to honor and define biblical roles such as motherhood. And mothers, I want to thank you this morning for choosing life. Ephesians 6 says, honor thy father and mother. And that's what we want to do today. We want to honor all mothers. A teacher gave her class of second graders a lesson on the magnet and what it does. 
and how it collects things and things stick to it. She then, the next day, included in the written test uh, a question. And it said this, my name has six letters. The first one is M, and I pick up things. What am I? She was amazed that 50% of the students wrote this instead of magnet. They wrote the word mothers. And uh, isn't that what we do a lot of times? Well, we. I'm not, a, I'm not a mother. But what children do, uh, what, par- what mothers do, they're always coming behind and picking up and training and, and nurturing them. I read this poem as well this week. I thought it was good. Thank you, Mom, for everything. How did you find the energy, Mom, to do all the things you did? To be teacher, nurse, and counselor to me when I was a kid. How did you do it all, Mom? Be a chauffeur, cook, and friend, yet find to be a playmate. I just can't comprehend. I see now it was love, Mom, that made you come whenever I'd call. Your inexhaustible love, Mom, and I thank you for it all. Today is a day when we celebrate one of God's great gifts to the world, the mother. And you do make a difference and you do impact your children. Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln, the great president, said this, I remember my mother's prayers and they have followed me. They have clung to me all my life. Hudson Taylor told that the closed door of his mother in the middle of the day meant she was praying for her children. And yes, A godly mother is a praying mother. May I encourage you this morning, if you're able to let your mother know, may you let her know how much you appreciate her today. I know some maybe are in heaven or some you're unable to, but if you can, make the effort. And I want to say this lastly before we recognize all the mothers. We want to recognize those who have never been able to have children. And maybe you've tried or you faced a miscarriage or infertility or maybe some loneliness. Or maybe you just never have been married. May I encourage you this morning that we still love and appreciate you. And we remember you. And so many of you have made it a point to love on other people's children. Whether it be in the school, and the Sunday school, and the junior church. And I know I have four kids. And many of them are affected by some of you. And may I say you make a big difference in their life. And so I appreciate you. But let's give all the mothers a hand this morning. And I'm going to ask, if you are a mother, if you, could, if you could stand up, we want to see you, if you're physically able to, if you're a mother, and uh, give them another hand. Now, stay standing, stay standing, all right? Um, um, what a blessing this is. Man, stay standing, all right? Stay standing, okay? All right? Um, this is the only time uh, a year you get recognized, okay? You, should, you deserve every week. Now, if you are a grandmother, remain standing, all right? A grandmother, remain standing, okay? And let's give, wow, all our grandmothers a hand. Now, I did this in the 830 service, and I don't want anybody to get upset at me. But if you are a great-grandmother, remain standing, okay? All right, let's give them a hand as well. And, uh, now, don't sit down yet, okay? Now, now with this many, let's see how many great, great grandmothers. I'm teasing, okay. And, uh, oh, oh, there we go. Okay, there we go. And uh, uh, that's amazing. Praise the Lord. And thank you, moms, for doing that for us. I know a lot of you don't want to be recognized, but deep down you deserve it. And uh, we are so thankful for you, and we appreciate you. And so just wanted to take some time. By the way, we do have a gift for you on the way out. Many of you have already grabbed it, but it's on the back um, welcome desk there. Uh, this one here is by our pastor's wife, Vicki Mutchler. There's actually two books that she's written, and they're available. Uh, there's also another book, um, I believe, A Woman in the Bible. And so let me encourage you to pick one up on your way out, and, uh, and you'll enjoy that. And we want to be a blessing and a help to you today. And so thank you, mothers. Okay, we're going to also recognize all those. This is your first time today. We know many of you came maybe to watch a child or grandchild uh, be dedicated. Thank you for coming and supporting them during this time. What a blessing.
blessing that is. I promise you that means the world to them. I know it does. Um, but if this is your first time, if you would just take a moment and maybe take the Connect card in the seat back in front of you. They should be there. You could take them and maybe take a minute or so and fill those out. Uh, we want to know how we can connect with you and uh, get to know you better. Maybe pray for you or serve you in any way uh, possible. We also have a gift card for you on the way out and our guest reception area. If you could just take a minute and fill that out. Uh, the offering will be going around in a little bit. You can either drop it in there or you can give it to Brother Vestal who will be back there. And uh, he'd be happy to, to help you out with that. And we want to just let you know how much we appreciate you being here. You mean a lot to us. Uh, also, there's an opportunity for you to write a prayer request on there. If that's something you'd like to do. If this is your second time, please take the time to do it as well. We have a gift card for you if you'll fill it out your second time. That is just real important to us. We want you to know that we appreciate you being here. Um, just a few quick things. I know we've already taken some time. But tonight, Brother Vestal will be preaching out of Nehemiah. I want to encourage you to be here for that. Um, also, Lord's Supper is next Sunday morning and the 8.30 and 11 o'clock service. And by the way, I want to say a special thank you to those who prepare that every time. And what a blessing that is. And our Brother Wilkerson oversees that. And if you help him with that, please continue to do so. We appreciate that. That is a huge blessing um, to our church. And we want to encourage you to be a part of the Lord's Supper. And, uh, and also, after the service, we'll be having our starting point class. Many of you have signed up for it. It's in the foyer. This is a, those who are newer to our church. Maybe you want to know more about our church or get plugged in or find out where you can serve. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. There'll be a delicious meal that will be served. You're not going to want to miss that. So please sign up for that. Um, also, our ladies' uh, conference is coming up in a couple weeks. Some of you have asked where you sign up for that. Uh, right now, you can go online and register. Next week, there'll be a table up where you can register in the foyer. And so I want to encourage you ladies to be a part of that. Miss Vicki will be giving an announcement here in just a, a few minutes after the service about that. Uh, last but not least is our offering time. We started doing this last week. Again, uh, our men is going to get ready to come forward at this time. And we're going to get ready for our offering. And so let me encourage you to be faithful in your giving. We haven't passed a plate in a while, but we've kind of got it going again. And so I want to encourage you to be faithful in your giving. We are a member-supported church. Uh, we, are not, we don't really get outside funding. We all operate from the people in our church. So I want to encourage you to be faithful in giving. And uh, one of the areas we give is our missions. Uh, we have uh, many, many missionaries. And uh, we, every single week, I get to read reports on um, people who are being saved, lives who are being changed, churches that are being started. And we are making an impact here at Grandview Baptist Church in Beaver Creek, Oregon, all over the world. And that happens by the faithful giving of God's people. So I want to encourage you to be faithful in giving. Missions is one of the things I picked out because we're, we're a little, running a little uh, low this month. I want to encourage you maybe to give a little bit to missions if that's something God would have you do. And we want to be faithful in our giving. Uh, at this time, our brother John Hawks, he's going to come up and pray for our offering, also pray for our service, and maybe just pray a word of prayer for all the mothers as well. And uh, we'll pray this morning, and then we'll get into the rest of the service. Let's pray. <laughs> Excuse me. Father, we do praise you, Lord, for this special day. Uh, Lord, we're so thankful for this day that's set aside every year, Lord. We sure appreciate our moms. We appreciate all of our ladies. Uh, Lord, thank you for the impact that they have in our world. And, uh, God, we pray for your blessings upon each and every family that's represented here today. Lord, we have a whole lot of thanks uh, to our ladies, and, and we praise you for them. And, uh, Lord, thank you for the, the wonderful service you've already given us. Uh, what a blessing it is to see young people dedicated to you. Lord, I pray that you will bless each and every life. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you'll help each of us to stay close to you. Lord, we dedicate ourselves to you every day, God, and we, and we sure love you. And uh, God, we just pray that your blessings would continue to be upon this service. Uh, Lord, we want, your, uh, uh, we want you to speak to hearts. Lord, we want your will to be accomplished in this place today. So we yield ourselves to you. We ask you to meet with us. We ask you to speak to our hearts and help us to be attentive. And uh, Lord, now as we take up this offering, uh, Lord, thank you for all the blessings that you have done here at Grandview. Thank you for how you've taken such good care of us, even through uh, these difficult times that we've been in through the pandemic and such. And uh, but Lord, we pray now, Lord, as we take up this offering, uh, Lord, that we would be obedient to your leading. God, that we would use this uh, to see many lives 
transformed for your glory. And we'll praise you for all that you do. We sure love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Looking back on the water they had passed through. They shouted and raised their voices to heaven. But Joshua said, there's one thing we must do. They laid twelve stones on the banks of the river. At Gilgal they offered their tribute that day. Their children would question them, what are these stones? Shall they mark the spot of this sanctified place? Where are the monuments we should be building so our children can find the way to get home? We should be laying stones so they can follow the pathway that leads to God's throne. monuments we should be building. Mothers and fathers of this generation, there's hope for your family. Keep this in mind. Don't move the landmarks set up for your children. They will find the way by what you've left behind. Where are the monuments we should be building so our children can find the way to get home? We should be laying stones so they can follow the pathway that leads to God's throne. Where are the monuments we should be building so our children can find the way to get home? We should be laying stones so they can follow the pathway that leads to God's throne, leads to God's throne, leads to God's throne, leads to God's What a great, great song and just fitting for today. And praise the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 3, if you will. First Thessalonians chapter number 3. It certainly is good, as I mentioned earlier, to see all the guests today, returning guests. I saw several college students back from, from Bible college or, or maybe another college. Thank you uh, for coming back for the summer. It's going to be a great time. Um, I get, did see Jaxio and uh, Ashlyn this morning. Many of you may not know, but Jaxio grew up in our bus ministry and, and graduated from our school. And him and uh, Ashlyn are getting married next Saturday. And he'll be here at the church at 5. And they told me they want just to spread the word. You're, everyone's welcome. So if you can come out next week at 5, I think they'll be happy to have you here. And what a blessing that would be. And of course, as I mentioned, some of you uh, came with uh, part of the baby dedication or maybe uh, you're just visiting through here or maybe you were part of Greenview at one time. Thank you for coming back. I really mean that. I know Pastor would have loved to see you. He's in Indiana. Uh, He's preaching. I'm a little jealous. He's preaching at the church I grew up in. And he got to stay on my parents' uh, property last night in their guest house. And so I know they're having a great time there. Miss Vicki got to do a ladies' uh, conference, and then pastor's preaching all day today, and he says hello. So First Thessalonians chapter 3. Oh, I forgot to tell you to stand. Let's stand to our feet if we could, and uh, stand in honor of reading God's Word. Just stretch one last time before you'll be seated. I plan on being shorter, and I told Brother Vestal that earlier today, and he said, all good. I'm glad. We're all glad, he said. And so he spoke for all of you. And he says, don't worry, I'll make up for it tonight. So anyways, I'm teasing. He'll be right on time. And, and you all enjoy hearing Brother Vestal tonight. First Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10, it says, Night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. 
Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for loving us. You sure are a great God. Lord, my heart is full, as I'm sure as everyone else today already. What a joy it was to see new life, growth, and all that you're doing in our church and these wonderful young families. And Lord, I pray for those who are, are Lord, ready, are getting ready to have a baby soon right now in our church as well. Uh, Lord, just please touch their hearts and touch their, their homes and, and touch their bodies and everything goes smoothly. And Lord, I pray you'll be with the message today as we focus on your word, as we continue through First Thessalonians and finish up chapter 3 today. And Lord, you have a message for us. Lord, may I get out of the way and you just speak through me and may your word be preached as you would have it preached. Lord, not a word more and more uh, word less. I pray you be with these dear people, Lord. They've come from all over to hear your word preached, and I pray that they'll be able to receive it, and it will help them. Lord, give me clarity of speech, Lord, and I pray that I'll just be at the right pace, and maybe everyone be able to hear and to be able to understand. And Lord, may your word work in our hearts. Lord, I think of especially uh, um, those maybe online who are watching and maybe they'd love to be here, but they're at work or maybe they're sick at home or maybe they're out of town. I pray you'll just touch their bodies as well. May they feel loved and cared for. We sure do love you, Lord. Thank you for all the guests you sent our way today. And Lord, we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, You may be seated. A four-year-old was uh, fascinated by the various appliances that some of the elderly people used, their canes, their walkers, and their wheelchairs. One day her mother found her staring at a pair of false teeth, soaking in a glass. The mother, just as I'm sure you would, braced herself for the inevitable question that was to come. Instead, her daughter turned and whispered, the tooth fairy is never going to believe this. (laughs) And you know, isn't that amazing how children choose to believe what they're going to believe. And sometimes times it's so far off reality, and other times it is. And obviously with maturity comes more understanding. And that's what's happening here with this young church. And Paul's writing what many believe is one of the first books of the New Testament, one of his first letters to these dear people. He wanted to personally go and see them and speak face to face, but he could not, the Bible says, because Satan hindered him. And he loved them so much, he was willing to write this letter. And by the way, it benefited us all. And he wants to go so bad, the Bible says, when he could no longer forbear. It was so agonizing. He wanted to know what was going on in the state of this church that he sent his dear uh, uh, protege, Timothy, to go and to check up on him. And as he writes this book, we've looked at their conversion to Christ. We saw their salvation and the outcome of it in chapter 1. We saw in chapter 2 their conflict for Christ. In other words, the suffering that they had to endure. And Paul calls them to remember their their salvation. He reminds them of where their strength comes from. And then in chapter 2, he moves on to the conduct in preaching the gospel. He was being critiqued. He was being criticized. Not the doctrine he preached. Because if you look at Acts chapter 17, he simply just reasoned with them in the scriptures. And he opened, he teach them. And then it says alleging. In other words, he persuade them to come to Christ. So they could not pick apart what he was saying. But these Jewish leaders would pick apart instead his character. And so Paul says several times, you remember and you know that this is not true. And he gives them some specific principles of his ministry. And we learn those principles. And then the pattern of Paul's ministry. Paul then finishes out the chapter of chapter 2 commending them for their conversion and how it was so evident in their life. Therefore, we get our, our series modeling the gospel. And then today... He, uh, last week we talked about his concern for their stability in their faith. And if you remember, we saw his concern was so great that he, com- he sent his commission, Timothy. 
He then, and we, we talked about how we all need someone who can disciple us and who can lead us on our journey. He then talked about a concerned teacher, how he, as Paul, was so concerned for them and he so desperately wanted them to know the right way. We all need a concerned preacher and we need, it's good to have a good teacher in our life to help us stay on the straight and narrow. And then we saw the constant tempter help strengthen our faith. And Satan actually should drive us closer to the Lord because he is the one who can give us victory over Satan. And then we saw the comforted tidings and how we saw the joy and the people of God and the good things God was doing in life and the praise report helps strengthen them. And then he gets to verse number 10, which we left off of. And I want to start there today. I believe it's a natural bridge to the rest of the chapter. It says, night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect or mature or help along that which is lacking in your faith. And Paul notices as strong as the Christians as they were, as good as they're doing, they needed some help in a certain way and he was willing to help perfect their faith. And number one, if you're writing this morning, I have four simple points. And the the first one is a, a remembrance, to remember. Paul causes them to remember and he says, perfect that which is lacking in your faith. And what was lacking? I mean, up to this point, he has bragged on them, he's encouraged them, and he says, your love and your faith. Of course, he sends Timothy, and Timothy reports back in verse number 6, if you want to look at it with me. It says, but now when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, your sacrificial love, and that you have good remembrance of us always. He calls them to remember that their faith and their love is strong. But there's something else that's lacking, he says in verse number 10. And what is lacking in their life? I mean, if you have a strong faith, and if you have a strong love, wouldn't you be excited and be excited about where you are in your Christian walk? I'm sure in this room today we have a lot of people who have a strong faith. Or you're working on your faith. And I don't mean you're working your way to heaven. I mean you're working on your faith in God and Christ and that you want to be the Christian God has for you. I'm sure many of you are very loving at heart and you have a sacrificial love. As we saw, all the mothers, it's very evident, your sacrificial love. So what could be lacking? Well, Paul goes on to say, number one, to remember, but number two, if you're writing, to recognize, to recognize something. He wants them to recognize something that they once had, but they had lost. In fact, when they started the chapter, Paul writes that they had these three things because when he had left Thessalonica, they had had them. It was all very evident. But he had heard from Timothy that only two of these three things were actually happening. Their strength of faith and their strength of love. So what is it? What is it that was lacking? And let me ask you a question this morning. What is lacking in your life? What could be lacking? Paul says, I want to perfect that. Which is lacking. Timothy is silent about something. I want us to turn the page back. It will be on the screen. To 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 3. Paul gives us what they were lacking. And perhaps maybe you're lacking today as well. The Bible says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Paul's bragging on their work of faith. By the way, Timothy is bragging to Paul and a few chapters later of their work of faith. And he says, Paul, you don't know a church that isn't working any harder. Their faith is strong. They love God. They're sounding out their faith. There's something about this church that you'd be proud of. It's almost like you when you go to your teacher, your child's teacher, and you sit down for a parent-teacher conference. And they said, hey, I want you to know what your children's strong in. I've never ever sat across the table and said, are you telling, my, you telling me my child's strong in math? Oh, what a disappointment. <laughs> no, that's exciting. That's exciting to hear. They're strong in English. Wow. But then there's always a but. And if you actually keep up with their report cards, you know what that probably is. And Timothy says, Paul, this church is strong in their faith. They're strong in their love. But what did they have that they no longer had? Well, the Bible says, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus. Timothy was silent about their hope. And Paul knew you can have a strong faith 
and you can have a strong love. But if your hope is weakening, you're not going to be an effective Christian like you need to be. And I want to talk a little bit this morning about strengthening our hope. Strengthening our hope. Isn't it that song goes, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We don't need hope to hope our way to heaven. We know that's safe and secured because we know eternal security and once you're saved, you're always saved. But this is a different hope. This is a hope that keeps us focused on Jesus will come again. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. I shouldn't have sung that, okay? It could be today. It could be tomorrow. But what happens when we start reading maybe the news or maybe we start putting an ear to the ground what's going on in our country or maybe we get some sad news. Our hope can instantly start to fade. Paul says, Timothy, you're silent about their hope, but I'm ready to help perfect that which is lacking. Don't you love it maybe when someone is very clear to you on some areas you need to improve on? Don't you love going to uh, uh, the, the oil change place? And they say, 20, well, it used to be twenty nine ninety nine. Now it's like seventy five ninety nine. Inflation, right? And, and what do they always do? They come to you with that little sheet of paper, like five pages long of things you need to fix. If you don't fix them today, you won't be able to go home. And it's like, how did I drive in here okay? You know, um, I saw Michelle back there. Chuck told me one time, infinite wisdom. Justin, remember, if you can drive in there, you can drive out, okay? That's helped me. Um, by the way, you, there are some things you need to attend to, okay? But anyways, isn't it great when someone says, hey, you're struggling with some things. There's some glaring things in your life. Oh, really? Like what? Well, here's A, B, and C. Well, how do I fix them? Well, good luck. I don't know, but they're declaring. Paul doesn't do that. Paul says you have faith and you have love. But your hope is waning and it's dragging you down. And I'm going to tell you how you can perfect it. And maybe this morning your hope is running low. I don't know what you're going through. I know what I'm dealing with. I know I can be on cloud nine and in about an instant I can be on cloud zero, negative nine, you know. Why does that happen? Because we're human. It's just part of it. We can be on our way somewhere and then our tire blows. And it's like, man, life went from being great to I'm going to miss that meeting, you know. So what happens when your hope is waning? Maybe you have a child that's being difficult. Maybe you have a bill that just came in the mail that you don't know how you're going to pay for. Maybe you have a work thing going on that you just don't know how to handle it. And your hope is starting to fade. How do you fix that? In his book, Your Attitude, John Maxwell tells a story about a small town in Maine. It was a proposed for the site of a hydroelectric plant. This town would be soon be submerged underwater. And the town was given adequate time. Everything was purchased. They made good money off their homes. Everything was fine, but it was still going to be several months. When the project was announced, the people were given ample time to arrange their affairs but it was interesting because the townspeople noticed a curious thing happening. Once they found that out, all improvements on the town ceased. No repairs were made on the buildings. The roads started going to shambles. The weeds were climbing over the sidewalks. Nobody trimmed the weeds. Nobody mowed their lawns. Nobody painted their house. And it was amazing how that town started deteriorating in front of their very eyes. Way before the waters were come, the town was already neglected and abandoned. Even though the people had yet not moved away. And one citizen explained it this way. He said, where there is no faith in the future, there is no power in the present. The town was covered by a cloud of hopelessness. Not because anything had changed in the town, but because their hope had been taken away. And that can happen in our lives. You say, my faith is strong. I'm a loving person. But how's your hope this morning? What are you clinging to? Who are you focused on? What have you been watching? What has been affecting you? Paul knew this church was only going to go as far as their strength of their hope. And so he gives them a few things. So let's look at it. Number one, we saw he wanted them to uh, remember what they once had. 
Second of all, he wanted them to recognize the importance of hope. And then third of all, he wanted them to realize their hope. To realize their hope. We see in verse number 9, the Bible says, For what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God. Paul says, hey, we can thank God because of him and who he is. God can do the impossible in your life and mine. And my friend, we have at our fingertips resources, the origin, if you will, of a believer's strength in God. So we see he wanted them to realize that the origin of a believer's strength is God. Do you realize this morning the origin of your strength, the origin of your hope has to come from one person and no one else. It has to come from the creator of the creators. It's got to come from God and God alone. He is sovereign over all. We have to understand that if we truly want hope, we have to go to him and his word. We see, first of all, Paul talks about his promises. He says, for what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God. God's promises helps us strengthen our hope. Several years ago, I was, uh, uh, we were church planning in Turlock. And uh, we were just uh, growing like crazy. Um, our numerical growth was, was really, it was awesome what God was doing. We had outgrown the hotel and we had been kindly asked to leave. <laughs> so we went to an Adventist church and they had a, a little bit bigger building. Um, but, but we were using several rooms. We were using their gymnasium. They would not let us use our, that for the services, but just for the teens and kids. And we got to the point where the person said, you know, I think you need to start looking for another place. You're making us look bad. No, she didn't say that. She said, you're, you're causing problems. I says, I'm so sorry. I said, that's just part of reaching people for Christ. Aren't you excited about that? She says, well, you know I am, but we have, you just need to look for another place. So we had moved to another place. We had moved personally to another house. And we just, financially, we were struggling. And I could start feeling the weight on my shoulders. Now, I should have given it to God, but I didn't. And I was feeling that weight. I was feeling that burden. There had been some people in the church that didn't really care for some of the decisions we made. They were comfortable in what they were doing. And we were trying to go further, if minister, further the ministry, reach more people for Christ. And I'll never forget, one day uh, I, I was talking with my wife and, and she was aware of some of these things. And I said, babe, it's going to be okay. And she says, it, it will? I said, it's going to be just fine. And she says, okay. And I walked outside, I'll never forget, walking outside and said, babe, I think, or God, I think I just lied to my wife. (laughs) I made her feel like everything was going to be just fine, but I don't know how we're going to be able to do this. And uh, something struck me, maybe you should read your Bible. I thought, that's a good thing. So I got to thinking, where should I read, you know? And I thought, you know, David went through a lot of hard times, so maybe I'll start in Psalms. So I turned to Psalms 1, and really, I'll be flat honest, I got discouraged when I started reading Psalms 1. It says, you'll be like a tree, uh, flourishing by the water, you know, you'll prosper. And I got to thinking, this is not happening to me. I'm not prospering, and I'm not flourishing, so maybe I'll go to chapter (laughs) 2. So I read chapter 2, I didn't really get anything, and I was about ready to stop reading, and I got to chapter 3, and God used this in my life. Chapter 3, and verse number 1, the Bible says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? I could sure resonate with that one. Many are they that rise up against me. I thought, that is happening to me right now. So I went on to verse number two, and the Bible says, Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. And I'm thinking, a lot of people aren't believing in me right now, and I just don't know if I can do it. So I'm starting to resonate with David, and I was really getting excited. But then I read verse three. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. And I realized right then, God, I'm so sorry for not going to you first. Your promises are just as real to David as they are to me today. 
I started looking this week. I studied it out, and I didn't personally study this. I read this, okay? But Storms was a man who went through the Bible. It took him a year and a half. And he came up with 7,487 promises that God made to humankind. I could not believe it. There's actually 8,810 promises total in the Bible. And I picked just 15 of them this morning. But I want us just to say that when your hope is failing, you've got to cling to the promises of God. I saw, first of all, God's promises never fail. We see that in Joshua chapter 21, verse 45. I see, second of all, God is always good in Psalms 119, verse 68. Number three, God is always with me, Joshua 119. Number four, God is always faithful, Hebrews 10. And verse number 23, number five, God is kind and compassionate in Isaiah 54. Number six, God designed me for a purpose in Ephesians 2, verse 10. Number seven, God loves me deeply no matter what, Romans 8, verse 38 and 39. Number eight, God gives me power for my life in 2 Timothy 1 and verse number seven. Number nine, God's presence brings me joy in Psalm 16, verse 11. Number 10, God will fill me to overflowing with hope in Romans 15, verse 13. God will strengthen and help me, Isaiah 41, 10. God will give you wisdom in James 1, verse 5. And God promises you an abundant life in John 14. God has a plan for my life in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And God can be trusted in Hebrews 10, verse 23. I started focusing on God's promises and it started changing things in my heart. Had any financial changes happen? Absolutely not. Had building situations happen? Absolutely not. But you know what thing has happened in my life? I realized God was big enough to do it because his word promised it. I see promises help, but also we see from his person. The Bible says in verse number 11, Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. I'm thankful not only for God's promises, but I'm thankful for his person in our life. Aren't you glad for Jesus Christ? The Bible says again in Psalms 3 verse 4, this is when I really started getting excited. And I saw the Bible says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me. He heard me. I'm thankful today that God is powerful enough and over eight, I don't know, eight billion people or so much in the world that God has a time to also listen to me. Justin Lehman, made out of dust, and just a feeble person who was struggling with his hope. He had the time to listen to David. He has the time to listen to me. He heard me, we see in verse number five. And so what did David say when he heard me? I laid me down and slept. Isn't sleep a wonderful thing when you know God is in control? For the Lord sustained me. May I encourage you this morning when your hope is failing to realize that God's and his promises are just as true to David as he was true to you. And his person, Jesus Christ, is just as real to you as them as he is to you and me. But I also see his people. The Bible says they're night and day praying. In verse number 10, Paul is praying for them. He is the very agent of this prayer. He wants to see their faith. He wants his presence to be with them. But he also wants to perfect that which is holy. The Bible goes on to say in verse number 12, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God. Paul says, hey, the origin of the believer's strength is God. And the outcome of a believer's strength and hope is a holiness. It's amazing when you truly have hope in Jesus Christ, you're going to want to spend time with him and you will start acting like Jesus Christ. You will start living a life, the sanctification process. God will start changing you to a life of holiness. I don't have the time to tell the rest of the story of what happened But I will say this, God intervened in an amazing way and took care of my wife and I. And may I encourage you this morning, when your hope is failing, to run to God's promises, to run to God, Jesus Christ, spend time with him, and to be with God's people. 
I've never ever come to church and walked away saying, man, I should not have went there today. I mean, they were nice to me. Someone said they were going to pray for me. Someone smiled at me and said I, they liked my tie. You know, somebody made me coffee, which I won't drink because I don't like coffee. But anyway, someone did all these things for me. I've always walked away saying God's people are the best. May I encourage you this morning. Your hope is built on Jesus Christ. People lose hope, lose the ability to face the future. Sometimes their entire existence fades into oblivion and despair. But hope can not only revive life, it can heal the damages of tragedy as well. Several years ago, many years ago anyways, in a mental institute outside of Boston, a young girl known as Little Annie was locked in the basement. They didn't know what to do with her. She was so crazy and, and she was unmanageable. Um, the, the, the basement was the only place to the doctors for those who were hopelessly insane. In little Annie's case, they saw no hope for her. So she was consigned to a living death in that small cell, which received little light and even less hope. About that time, an elderly nurse overflown with compassion, and she believed there was hope for every one of God's children she decided to go down there and eat her lunch beside little Annie. Little Annie was uncontrollable, and at times she would violently attack the person who came into her cell. At other times, she would completely ignore them. And when the elderly nurse started visiting with her, little Annie gave her no indication that she was even aware of her presence. And one day, the elderly nurse brought some brownies to the dungeon and left them outside the cage. Little Annie gave no hint she knew they were there. I think I would if I was her, you know. But when the nurse returned the next day, the little brownies were all gone. So from that time on, the nurse would bring brownies when she made her Thursday visit. And soon after, the doctors in the institution noticed a change was taking place. After a period of time, they decided to move little Annie upstairs. Finally, the day came when the hopeless case was told she could return home. But little Annie did not wish to leave. Instead, she chose to stay and help others who had, quote-unquote, no hope. Little Annie was the person who cared for, taught, and nurtured, who we know today as Helen Keller. For little Annie's name was Anne Sullivan. Needed a little bit of hope. Needed just a little bit of hope. Let me ask you a question today. Where do you go for strength and hope? Do you go to yourself? That's our first temptation, is it not? Do we go to others? Or do we go to God? I'm going to allude again to Psalms. Psalms chapter 147, verse 2. The Bible says, The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcast of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart. Now, I don't know about you, but if your heart's broken, the only person who can truly help you is God. I'll never forget a day when my heart was broken. I was just a 10-year-old boy. And I know perhaps you may be wondering, how could a 10-year-old boy really have a broken heart? But I knew that I did not know where I would spend eternity. And I was really struggling with this. I wanted to be able to run to a Heavenly Father. I yearned for a relationship with God that my parents talked about, my siblings even had, and I felt like my life was empty. I know I was just 10. But I'll never forget the day when someone showed me how I could know for sure I was going to heaven, going to heaven and begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'll never forget the message that was preached. The verse that says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'll never forget, as a 10-year-old boy, I knew that was me. I had sinned. He said, What did you do? Well, I promise you, you ask my siblings, they'll tell you. I didn't do anything, probably murder or anything like that, but I had done wrong. And I was convicted by it. It was a burden that was overbearing. And I remember wanting some hope. 
And my mom said, Justin, the Bible says for the wages of sin is death. Your payment for that sin is death and hell. And I thought, wow, I have, I, what in the world? What am I supposed to do? I don't want to go to hell. And she said, but. I thought, whoa, wait a minute here. What's my option? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'll never forget as a 10-year-old boy, I knew I had hope in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, I don't know where you're at this morning or what burden you're carrying, but if you want a personal relationship with Jesus, you must put your faith and trust in him. You must accept him into your life. And by the way, he wants to change your life. We see the Bible says, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. So why would you not want to go to God? He's the one who can give you hope. We see, number two, how do you encourage others to be strong in their Christian life? I promise you, God's going to put you in a position where you're going to be able to help someone, maybe. How do you encourage them to rely on their own strength or God's? The Bible goes on to say in verse 5 of chapter 147, Great is our Lord and of great power. God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. And we are not. The Bible goes on to say in verse 5, His understanding is infinite. So why not go to God? He has all the answers. Paul was relying on God's wisdom. The Bible says in verse 13, to the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ, with all his saints. You know what he encouraged them with? God's coming again. Are you ready? Do you realize this morning God could come today? He could come tomorrow. Are you ready to meet him? Corey Timboon said this, when Jesus takes your hand, by the way, Corey Timboon was in Nazi camps. She was in prison. She was treated just awfully. But she said this, when Jesus takes your hand, he keeps you tight. When Jesus keeps you tight, he leads you through your whole life. And when Jesus leads you through your life, he brings you safely home. The Lord himself said it best in Jeremiah 31 verse 17. There is hope in thine end saith the Lord. Here's a thought to leave you with this morning. It has been said we can live 40 days without food, eight days without water, four minutes without oxygen, but only a few seconds without hope. Without this anchor of our soul, when the waters of trial, temptation, and tribulation begin to rise, we will drown before we ever discover we had the ability to swim. And regardless of what should come tomorrow, never forget, there is hope beyond tomorrow in Jesus Christ. So what, were this, what was this church lacking on? Probably what a lot of us can lack on from time to time. They had a strong faith, they had a strong love, but they needed a strong hope. And Paul says, I want to perfect that, I want to help you. And we'll see the next couple chapters, he'll talk about this a little bit, what our future holds, but I want to encourage you today, to strengthen your hope through the promises of God, through the person of God. When's the last time you really spent time with God? And then through the people of God. And let me encourage you to never lose your hope. God wants to help you reach your full potential as a Christian, have a victorious Christian life, and it takes the hope of God in your life. Every head bowed this morning, every eye closed. Maybe there's someone here today that does not know for sure you're going to heaven. Maybe your hope is, is waning a little bit. Not, not, not salvation, if you will, but your hope in God. You're hoping if He's in control, if He's really going to take care of you, if He's really going to uh, uh, take care of this world, if He's really going to come through. And maybe your, your, your hope is, is, is small, waning today. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe someone would say, you know what, that's me, Pastor Justin. Will you pray that my hope will be strengthened? If that's you, will you slip your hand? Anybody today? God bless you all over. I see those hands. Maybe there's someone this morning that would say, you know what? As in the 830 service, someone raised their hand and said, you know, 
I do not know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, and I want nothing more than a relationship with our Heavenly Father that I can run to, that He can bind my heart, He can bind my wounds, He can, he can mend my broken heart. How many maybe today would say, that's me. I want a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'd love to know for sure that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. If that's you, will you slip up your hand this morning? Anybody? I'm looking all over the auditorium. Anybody this morning? I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else this morning? Maybe want to join that person? With heads bowed and eyes closed, if, if you're raising your hand right now, would you pray this in your heart? Say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I deserve to go to hell, but I don't want to go there. Please come to my heart and save me and take away my sins so I can go to heaven when I die. I believe and trust in you and invite you into my life. Thank you, Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand up high? God bless you. I see that hand. Praise the Lord. How many would say, you know what? You can put your hand down. Pastor Justin, I'm just carrying a load today. And I really need, I need, I need you to pray for me. It's really been wearing me down. Will you pray for me this morning that God will help me? If that's you, will you slip up your hand this morning? God bless you. Wow, all over the auditorium. Lord, you saw the hands. You know the hearts. Uh, Lord, thank you for this one who gave their life to Christ this morning and then one in the 830 service. What a blessing. And that's what it's all about. But Lord, as we grow as a Christian, just like this church in Thessalonica, we might be strong in our faith. We might be strong in our love. But we're struggling with this hope. And Lord, if they who was a model church, can struggle with something, we can too. And I believe Grandview Baptist Church is a model church for many churches. But we can still struggle in things. And this is one area that a lot of people struggle with is our hope. May we have it strongly built on you. Lord, some this morning carrying burdens, pray that you help them. I pray that you'll strengthen them. And may you help us get closer to you. We sure do love you, Lord. Thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could stand to your feet, the piano is going to play. Maybe the Lord's touched your heart this morning. The altar is open. Let me encourage you maybe to come forward and pray if the Lord's touched your heart. Maybe you'd like to make a decision. Maybe you'd like to make your salvation public and let everybody know you accepted Christ. Maybe you'd like to follow it in baptism. Baptism is simply an outward expression of my inward decision. Maybe you'd like to join the church. Maybe you'd like to become a part of Grandview. If you're saved and baptized, we'd love to help you with that. Maybe this morning you're like just one of our pastors to pray for you. They'd be happy to pray for you and help you in any way possible. Maybe this morning you just need to get alone with God. May I invite you to take a minute or two and get alone with God this morning and pray for him, with him. God bless you. Thank you so much. You may be seated. I really appreciate your faithfulness. I hope you know that we as our pastors, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, We have a video we're going to share this time, and then we'll be dismissed and on our way. to our service. We hope this morning's sermon from Pastor Layman was a blessing to you. Join us back here tonight at five as we hear Brother Chris Vessel continue our series on Nehemiah, Building God's Way. If you are new to our church or are interested in learning more, then you are invited to our starting point class next Sunday, May 15th. We will meet after the morning service for about two hours and we'll enjoy a meal together. During this special time, you will learn how to strengthen your relationship with the Lord, get connected to other people, and find an area in our church to get plugged in. We want you to thrive here at our church, and we believe the Grandview Starting Point will be a great start on your journey. Hi there! Well, it's Ladies' Conference time again, May 20 and 21st. We're excited about that as always. And this year's theme is Be a Happy Camper. 
and we're going to have a great time. And of course, on Friday night, we're going to have our drama put on by our Grandview actors, and we're excited about that. So we want to invite all of you to come. Make plans now. We have uh, two speakers coming in from out of town, Kathy Bailey and Amber Bushy, and they're going to be a great blessing to us. And then some of our own ladies, you know, we have the coffee bar, uh, fellowship, fun, door prizes. It is going to be a blast, and we don't want you to miss it. So make your plans now. Get your child care all figured out. No excuses, because we want to see you there on May the 20th and 21st. It's Friday from about noon until uh, 4, 3.34. Then we have a break until 7. That gives you an opportunity to go out and have dinner with friends. Then we come back for the play and dessert. Then on Saturday, we start at 10 and go to about 12.30. So it's here at our church. So it's going to be a great time. Can't wait to see you. Grandview Men's Softball is back this summer, and you can sign up at the welcome desk today. This year, we are playing our games at Wesley Lynn Park. The cost will be $40 to cover the field rental, team jersey, hat, and several weeks of games. For questions or more information, please see me, Paul Potter, after the service. Kids and teenagers, you will not want to miss out on our upcoming special inflatable day. Come to church on Sunday morning, May 22nd, for a special time in God's Word, singing, and an exciting inflatable obstacle course that we will enjoy during the morning service. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon and we'll see you tonight at 5. Okay, guests, make sure you stop by. We want to say hello to you. And then if you'd like to sign up for any of these events, they're on the welcome desk. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. Have a good day.